everyone, my name is Reagan. Welcome to Conversations with Sarah, with your host, Sarah Carnes. She's my mom. She's on the radio and TV and loves the Cleveland Browns. But one of her favorite things is connecting with you. She wants to help you live a healthy, happy life. I don't know how she does it. She even got me to love carrots and eat broccoli. Thanks for listening. Thank you for sharing some of your day. To listen to this podcast, we have a special guest, Kathy Gray. She is the co-founder and president of the non-for-profit organization, Not For Sale. This organization focuses on education, awareness, and prevention of human trafficking. If you're like me, it's one of those things you've heard about, you're concerned about, but you just don't know how it affects your area, how your life, how it affects your kids. And Kathy helps answer all of that. I wanted this to be very informational for all the moms, all the daughters, all the women out there who hear about all of these horrific things that are happening, but just don't know how to translate that into our lives. So she's going to talk about all of that and how we can help. When I started this podcast, I wanted these episodes to be inspirational, encouragement, just help us all make tomorrow better. And Kathy's doing that through this organization, helping to make tomorrow better through awareness, education, and prevention of human trafficking. There is a walk coming up on October 17th, and that is going to be the Walk for Freedom. She'll give the website. I'll put all of the information in the show notes. If you want to have a walk of your own, get some friends together, you can do that. Kathy's a member of Faith Family Church, where she serves in the worship team over in Canton area. She's also on the Stark County Juvenile Human Trafficking Task Force and has a lot of great information for us today. So here is Kathy Gray. Well, Kathy, thank you so much for talking with us today. I am a mom I am a daughter. As a woman, this is something that's been on my mind that I've been wanting to reach out and talk to to someone about. And you're the perfect person as you Mm -hmm. are so involved in your organization with um, stopping human trafficking. And it's one of those things where you hear about it a lot and you just, you feel like, yeah, I hear about it, but it's not really affecting me. It's not in my area. And I don't know what to do about it. So let's just start at the basics first of all, Kathy. Um, human tra- trafficking, we're here in Northeast Ohio. Does it happen? Yes, it actually happens here in Ohio. We are fourth in the country for human trafficking. So wow. just that number, I mean, just to know, Ohio is fourth in our country for human trafficking. So it is an issue. I'm sorry. That's mind-blowing. I would have never known that. Yes, we are fourth. So we have a major issue, which is why it's so vitally important that we get the education out, that everybody gets informed and empowered with the right information so that they can infuse change. Okay, so let's just work fourth in the country. Uh, Is this basically in the cities? Is it in the country? Is it in rural areas? Where is this happening? It's all over, Sarah. And I think that's the thing we really want everybody to understand. A lot of people think when they hear the words human trafficking, they think, oh, that's in third world countries. It doesn't happen here. 
or they think, oh, that just happens in lower income areas. It doesn't happen in more affluent areas. It happens everywhere. And what we really want people to understand is that the number one area that it happens is on the cell phone. The cell phone is a catalyst to human trafficking. Okay. So tell me about that. Cause I want to dig into that because <laughs> we all, you know, a lot of us listening have kids that social media, I was just telling my husband the other day, it's happening yeah. at a younger age. And my daughter's, she, my daughter's nine. I have a fifth grader She's already okay. telling me that kids in her class have cell phones and I'm like blown away. So dig into yeah. the cell phone. How is it happening? Gosh, there's so many ways that it's happening on the cell phone. First thing is our children, so many of them nowadays are struggling with identity. They're struggling with insecurity. They're struggling with depression, oppression, self-esteem, worthlessness. The list goes on. And then they struggle with comparison on social media. So with myself at my age growing up, I didn't have to worry about that comparison piece so much because we didn't have social media then. So I never knew if I was left out of an event or an activity um, unless somebody talked about it. But nowadays, it's all over social media. Plus, the children see all these lives that appear to be perfect. And so then they look at themselves and think, well, my life isn't perfect or my home life or how I look isn't good enough. So that leads them down the path of talking to somebody that maybe they normally wouldn't talk to. And what one of the tactics that traffickers use is called grooming. They befriend a child on social media. So they will act as if they're either that child's age, though they may even use their own traffic victims to traffic another victim. Mm. And they start befriending them. They start asking them questions and getting involved in their lives. And as you and I both know, like so many of us share way too much information on social media. I mean, people know where we are, who we're with, what school we go to, what church, and the list goes on. So with our teenagers especially, they share everything. And a trafficker latches on to that. They're so calculating that they literally look for those kids that are oppressed and depressed and um, struggling with different areas of life, and they start speaking the words that they think they want to hear. Mm -hmm. And once they start becoming a friend to them, then they start asking for more things. And so once they earn the trust of that child, then they're going to start asking to either meet up with them or asking them to send them explicit photos, um, nude photos, things like that. And then they'll use those items to blackmail that child. And so it's a very vicious cycle. It's something that our parents are not being aware of. They're not spending enough time educating their children on trafficking, educating online safety, which I can give you some tips here in a few minutes. And they're not taking the time to talk with their kids. And so it's this vicious cycle that's happening. I mean, we have in the United States over 100,000 children trapped in human trafficking oh over a hundred thousand and to wow. me that shouldn't even we shouldn't even be at that number with all the resources we have online and podcasts and news and media we should be so much more educated than what we are so that's why my organization not for sale 
and all the other wonderful organizations and agencies are linking arms and doing everything we can to get out and to educate the public. So I want to talk more about the organization here in a moment and all you do, but back to the cell phones, because I think this is such a huge problem and it's starting younger and younger. I mean, what do parents do? Should they have their kids off social media to a certain age? Should you check your child's stuff every day? Yeah, sure. Well, gosh, there's so many things that we definitely encourage parents to do. I'm a mom to four kids. My kids are now all adult ages. But when they were growing up and in in high school, junior high, high school ages, um, one thing that I always instilled in my kids, and this is so, I learned this honestly back in the day when I was in youth ministry, this one sentence, and it is rules without relationship equal rebellion. And it's so important that we have those guidelines, we have those rules, which I'll share some of those in a moment, but there needs to be that relationship with our kids. They need to understand the why, not just don't do this and don't do that, because we all know kids (laughs) are going to do the opposite. (laughs) And, you know, myself included growing up. But if (laughs) if I understood the why, it made sense. And so with my own kids, um, we would do phone checks and where I would sit down with them and, you know, random, they weren't prepared. They didn't know. And I say, Hey honey, do you mind if we just do a phone check together? And we would just sit down. Of course I explained the phone check. I explained it's about safety. It's not about mom trying to control your life or trying to intrude on your privacy, but it's about mom loving you so much that I want to make sure you're safe, you know? And so one of the things we recommend is phone checks, sitting down with your children, explaining the why, and then walking through their phone. I'm not talking about an hour or 10 minutes or 20 minutes. Simply just look through their texts really quick. If there's somebody they're talking to that you as a parent don't know, which happened to me quite a bit of times. I have four kids. So I'd be like, okay, who is this? (laughs) How do you know them? You know, do you see them at school? I don't recognize the name. Um, And that would lead us to a really good discussion. And then um, I would check their social media. And to me, you know, that's a parental decision. I can't tell you specific age ranges. I can tell you the age ranges of traffic children, which is ages 8 to 18, is a prime primary targeted age range. I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. So I think you just have to use wisdom as a parent as to, is my child mature enough to be on social media? Is my child responsible enough? And have I as a parent done my job in educating them on online safety? Does yeah. that make sense? That okay. makes a lot of sense. I, okay. I watched a show the other day. It's called The Social Dilemma. Yes. And they interviewed all of like the top bigwigs who created Facebook, who created mm-hmm. Instagram and Pinterest. And one of them said something that really stuck out to me. I got a lot of things from that show, but one of them said, all of them said they never let their kids use social media or tech devices for the most part, which was stunning to me, the creators. Yes. Um, but one of them said, definitely, definitely no social media use till they're like 16. Because, and he said, middle school is hard enough for kids. They don't need to mix in social media. And that was like a mic drop moment for me. But here, my struggle is every other parent, it's like we all got to form this human chain as parents and say, 
We're not doing it. We're not letting our kids get on social media. Mom, can we have like a mom's group and all sign it that we're not going to let them do it? Like that would make me feel so much better because you know, you you what you were saying before is is so true. I love the rules without relationship equal equals rebellion. That's another mic drop moment, I think, because that's so true to be constantly having those phone checks. But how do you talk to your kids um, without scaring them with what could yeah. happen? Do you ever find that? Like, I feel like I get overly worried when I hear stuff sometimes, and then I project that onto her. Sure, sure. You know? I do. Oh, goodness. You know, that's hard because it's a very real subject. And I kind of take it back to, I don't, I don't know how old you are, but at my age, when I was growing up, we had something called stranger danger. And we had to learn, you know, the big white van and, you know, can I, uh, do you want to pet my dog? Here's some candy. We learned all the tactics, but they did it in a way was like, here's the knowledge, here's the information, but here's the hope behind it. Here's how you prevent it. And for us and our organization, yes, we, we deal with facts and we deal with things that are pretty tragic. But we always give hope because we have Jesus. So we always give hope. And it's a God-sized problem. So when I'm talking to my kids over the years, it's always about here's the information and the facts because I want you to be empowered by it. I don't want you to be filled with anxiety from it. And then I would tell them how to prevent things and how to watch. Even now with my kids being uh, young adults, you know, they're driving and they're traveling everywhere. And I'm constantly telling them, be aware of your surroundings, you know, just be aware. Because I think the thing is, especially for the faith community, um, we know that we have that protector Jesus. We, we have that blood of Jesus on us. We are protected, but we always have to use wisdom. Right. And so that's what, that's where I always come from is the wisdom side of things without, you know, feeding into fear. Yeah. I love that you said that. And, you know, being smart about things. I actually have a a girlfriend my age who is very passionate like me about this. uh, And, and she feels like one day she was at a local like restaurant and Mm -hmm. she really feels like she was followed home. So mm-hmm. her instincts told her, someone's following me right now. And she was talking like 35, 37-year-old yeah. woman. And she didn't drive home. Her instincts kicked in and like, I don't want this person to know where I live. So she drove right. somewhere else and kind of got him off her tail or whatever. And that was good. But you're right. Self-awareness and knowing those things, even as older adults, older adults, are there things like that that you know, we should pay attention to more so than we, we think, we think like, is that person following me or even should we know self-defense and stuff like that as we get older? Anything? Well, gosh, you're, you're, you know, for me, you're speaking to a woman who was raised by a Marine. (laughs) My dad was a Marine too. Oh, yay. (laughs) So, um, you know, I had to learn a lot of things at a young age of self-defense and how to take care of myself. I always think that's wise. I think it's so wise to, to learn those things when needed. Um, but even more importantly, I think it's important just to have that specific education. So like, for instance, for online safety, some of the things that we always recommend is just taking charge, like especially as parents, 
establish those online guidelines, especially with gaming. If you have young kids that love to game, let me tell you, predators are on there too. Mm -hmm. They can talk to those kids through those games. So parents just need to establish those online guidelines. Also doing your research, knowing what apps are on the phone. I mean, goodness, I feel like there's a new app that comes out every month and yes. it's hard to stay you know, up to date on those. So yes. we tell everybody when a new app comes out or an app that maybe you just never heard of, do your research as a parent mm -hmm. and then educate your child on that app. Uh, we also talk about monitoring and supervising internet and phone use. And of course, having that open, honest communication. That really is key. So empower them with the facts and the knowledge of human trafficking and labor trafficking, but also keep that open communication where they can come to you yeah. uh, with anything that is on their hearts, any issues that they have, they have to be able to talk to their parents because if not, they will talk to somebody online. Yeah. You just really hit it with that. And it's like coming full circle because I know I've talked to my nine-year-old about, you know, you're not getting social media. No, you're not. <laughs> but I've probably not done a great job about the why, which you mentioned earlier. And kids really need to understand that because there's been other things in her life that I've said no to, but I've really explained it and showed her why. Sure. And you're right. They, they really take an invested interest into, oh, well, if that's the case, like eating healthy, I'm like super organic, healthy. Love it. Me too. Kind of stuff. <laughs> Yay. Yay. And, and so now it's gotten to the point where she understands why we eat healthy and how it feeds your body and all of that good stuff. So she doesn't like get mad about that. Actually, she eats really well. So I don't know. I'm just thinking in my head, maybe that's a good example of she understands why we do it. So she accepts it. Correct. Really well. Tell me about your organization. So how long have you been involved? Um, I know you are president co-founder of this organization, not for sale. Tell us about it and all you do for the community. Sure. So um, our organization honestly was formed based out of what we were doing in our own church. So it stems back from, we have wonderful pastors, um, Pastor Mike and Barb Caminetti from Faith Family, and they educated our congregation years ago on human trafficking. And they're partnering with A21, if you're familiar with that organization, mm -hmm. global organization, and we, Not For Sale, partner with them as well. So our church did the first Walk for Freedom in North Canton, Ohio, about four or five years ago, and it became such a wonderful event that my family volunteered and so many other people volunteered, but there was a passion that was birthed from that experience, and I remember being a volunteer doing it, and I just felt like the Lord putting such a call on my heart that I need to do more that there's just more that I could do. I'm a very feisty mom, so <laughs> I can definitely um, I can definitely do that. Are you there? I thought I lost you. Okay. Um, I'm very feisty, so um, I definitely wanted to be very action-oriented. To me, there just needed to be um, more done. Like, there, we have to do more. And so when God put that call on my heart, it came through other people asking me, Hey, do you want to be a part of this? And I was like, yeah, I want to be a part of that. And then we decided, you know what? We need to become our own 
501c3 nonprofit organization. And I'm so thankful we did that because then now we have the ability to infuse change. We have that ability. And we can, you know, link arms with other amazing organizations and really infuse the change that we want to see. We just didn't want to be lip service. We just don't want to talk about human trafficking. We wanted to see change. And so ever since then, it's been now two and a half years. <laughs> and we just, God has just given us amazing opportunities, Sarah. Like even talking to you, I'm, you know, I'm nervous, but um, I, I'm just... <laughs> I'm just grateful, you know, that I have this opportunity to, um, to meet with you and your audience, because it's like these opportunities that he keeps giving us to get in front of people and, and prevent this. This is preventable. Human trafficking is no respecter of persons, age, race. It doesn't matter who you are, or what you are. It happens to all of us. Yeah. And so we have a big job and we feel, um, that we're not going to stop, you know, until this is eradicated forever. So we've got a, a lot to do. Yeah. Well, this is, it's so exciting to see. And I love how you talk about action. Can you tell us some of the things in this past two and a half years that you've yeah. been able to see? Cause I, I love to be able to see change and it's just glowing out of you. And thank you for all this <laughs> you've done. Well, I'm pretty passionate. So, um, I just get excited because we've been able to do that walk for freedom yearly with a 21 and just watch it grow. And that's a huge honor for us to be able to host that uh, and partner with them. And then the Lord literally brought us a partnership with Walsh university. And let me just tell you, man, I mean, to be able to infuse change with college kids that have a heart to see that change that's what it's all about. Yeah. You know, we don't want to just a worthy adult and we're out here doing all the work. We want to bring people alongside us and you know, their age groups getting trafficked. So the fact that they're passionate about taking the education that they're getting at Walsh and then putting it into action and becoming those servant leaders, that's what we want. And so with our organization, partnering with them has even opened the doors for more opportunities. We're going to be having a symposium soon. Um, we're doing our big event coming on October 17th, just next weekend. Um, just so many good things. And we're hoping to get into more schools. That's really the big push that we have is we want to get into the schools, educate these kids and prevent them from being trafficked. So that's what I, I was just going to ask. I'm thinking this needs to be when we can have assemblies again, this needs to be like a school yeah. assembly to come and have conversations or come talk to classes and, you know, whether it's groups of girls and groups of boys separately because, you know, maybe they have questions, whatever it may be. I think that would be great. Um, so what is the event? I know you mentioned it just now, the October 17th, the walk for freedom. Can anyone be involved? Yes. So here's the great thing about this. Um, we've done the annual walk for freedom now, starting with our church and then us branching off into our own separate organization now for, I think we're going on the fourth year, um, maybe even the fifth year time just is flying. Um, but we had to take a hard pivot because of COVID obviously. So in the middle of August, we had to take this pivot and normally we're ready to go. We're on the last leg of getting ready for the event at that time. And then the Lord, you know, gave us this hard pivot. And we're like, okay, 
we're not going to be silenced. We're not going to cancel. But how do we make an impact? So this is what I love about our state of Ohio because as soon as I had to make that pivot, I called up local organizations and agencies that we partner with. And I asked them, I said, here's what God's putting on my heart. I want to do a virtual education hour with top leaders in this industry in our state. And then I want to do a call to action uh, as a second part of the event. I can't tell you how many of them were like, yes, I want to do that. You know, they were ready and willing. They weren't like, no, we're going to cancel because everybody's canceled everything for the fall. And we were just like, we cannot be silent. We have to be the voice for the voiceless. We have to. And so uh, that's the event. So 10 a.m. to 11-ish, it kind of went longer because the interviews that I did were so impactful. Uh, The people that I got to interview and the education you're going to receive, especially from a survivor, which is a male. A lot of people think Mm -hmm. men do not get trafficked, but they do. And so um, he's 24 years old and he shares his story and it's absolutely, you know, impactful. So that's the first hour and it's online. And then the second part is a call to action where we are inviting everybody. It doesn't matter where you live, what state, where you are. Do your own independent walk with your family, your friends, your neighbors, walk in your neighborhood, your local park, or college campus, wherever you live, and walk one mile for those that are victims of human trafficking. Mm. I love that. Is there? Do you have to sign up? Um, do you just do it? How do you get in, how do you get involved? So typically you would register for our walk for freedoms, Okay. but because this year we're doing it differently, there is no registration. You would simply go to our website, not for sale, Ohio.com. And on the 17th, there will be an active link to a YouTube channel where you will see all the virtual education. Then at 12 p.m., you just walk where you live. And uh, of course, following the CDC guidelines, but we uh, definitely ask everybody to wear all black or you can wear the not for sale attire, which is all on our website. Um, And then just walk in solidarity. It's a silent walk. We ask you to just reflect and pray for every single victim to be found and to be healed and restored. And so it's one mile that you're walking for victims. And again, we want people to like post about it, um, show it on their Facebook live or Instagram live and hashtag us in it. And all that information is on our website. I really want to do this, Kathy. I'm going to text oh, some friends today that we need to do this. We need to get involved. I know uh, it's coming up here. It's October 17th is the day. It's a Saturday. So yeah, I think it's great. Get your kids if they're the age that you think it's appropriate to start talking to them about this. Get them walking. I love that you're doing the virtual education hour. I guess just to wrap it up, Kathy, what do you think as like we started off saying as a mom, as a woman, and you even mentioned as, as a male, even it can even happen to, to males. What is the most important thing for us to know and to help spread awareness? I guess. I think the most important thing to know is that it's happening everywhere. And the cell phone is the number one tactic. 
I'm not saying that abductions don't happen because they do. I'm not saying that, um, you know, somebody could just be snatched somewhere or it could be a boyfriend could traffic them, a family member traffics their own family members for drug money or just money or whatever's going on. It can happen to anyone at any time. So the number one thing is to remember that, to remember that it can happen through your cell phone, your social media, try to keep things as private as you can. I mean, social media has a positive influence but it can also have a very negative influence. And I think the other thing too, that I just strongly encourage parents is please be involved. Yes. We cannot be parents that are just so consumed with our jobs and our lives that we're forgetting the gift it is to be a parent and to be intentional and to keep communication open. If they do that, if we as parents do that, we will save our children from wanting to talk to complete strangers and go down a path that could be very detrimental to them. Oh, that is such good advice. I'm so glad I finally had a chance to connect with you and share you with everyone listening. Yeah. Really important stuff that we all need to be aware of. And we're going to pray for you and the organization and those 100,000 children that you mentioned earlier that are still out there being victimized and to end this, we want to end. Yes, please. So thank you, Kathy, for the time. What is thank your you website? Sarah. What is your website? So people can. Oh, the website. Yes, sure. It is uh, notforsaleohio.com and all the information that you need, anything that you need is on there. Awesome. Thank you again, Kathy. Thank you, Sarah. Such a pleasure to meet you. Well, thank you for listening to that episode of the podcast. You may have noticed we had a little technical difficulty with the sound on that episode. Promise to get that fixed for the next one, but Kathy, just great information. You can listen and find other great podcasts, some guests that we've had in the past, Bob Goff, Natalie Grant, Sam Collier, several others, and I have a couple podcast episodes that I'll be releasing soon that I think you'll love as well. So check them all out. If you love them, subscribe, go ahead and send some good feedback. It's always greatly appreciated. I promise to be working on some more encouragement and inspiration for you. Until next time, it's conversationswithsarah.com.